quick word before the show. News is happening fast, but doesn't take a lot of time to keep up. The NPR podcast, Up First, is the best way to get 10 minutes of the day's top news. Every weekday morning. Check out Up First on the NPR One app and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, y'all. It's been a minute. Sam Sanders here. Today and every Tuesday here on the show, we're bringing you a deep dive. One interview, one topic. Today, we have a really fun and special guest, Lena Waithe. You probably know her as Denise, uh, the best friend of Aziz Ansari's character on Master of None. That's Ansari's Netflix show. So Lena Waithe has this amazing episode in the show, which she wrote and stars in. Uh, It's the Thanksgiving episode. It's all about her coming out story as a black woman. It is just brilliant. I hung out with her in L.A. a few weeks ago at NPR Studios out there, and she was the sweetest. She showed up like 15 minutes early. She skipped breakfast just to hang out with me, so I ended up buying her like a bag of Doritos and some fruit snacks from our vending machine. We had a great chat. She talked about her new Showtime series all about Chicago. It is called The Shy. I also talked about Dear White People. It's another Netflix show that she produces. Um, We talked about how she got from Chicago to Hollywood and went from being an intern to an assistant to a writer to a producer to an actress. There's just so much here. I hope you love it. I did. Here's me and Lena Waithe talking on a recent Saturday morning in Los Angeles. Uh, I smell Doritos in this house. You want some? No, no, I don't. I'm more of a cooler ranch. These are Ooh, nacho cheese. That, those are like that's are, yeah, a cooler, black man. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's blacker than this. Black. Somehow. No. Okay. What's even blacker? Oh, I got the blackest uh, snack item for you. What? My mom growing up. I don't know where pork the rinds? hell she found it. Microwavable pork rinds. Okay. What? Like the I've way you microwave popcorn. You microwave pork rinds. Okay. I want that as well. Do you? I mean, well, I like the. <laughs> In our writers' room, and our this show shows how black our show is. Yes. So this is the shy. Brent's gonna but, get mad at you again for not being on the mic. Oh, okay. I know. Let me I get know. Here. Okay. Let me get here. There we go. Let me do it. Like I'm on Breakfast Club. Um, <laughs> DJ Evan Black talking to the mic. Um, no, we have pork rinds. We actually have spicy pork rinds in the bag. What kind of spice? I don't even know. It's just like hot pork Ugh. rinds. I but I'm telling stink you, you up say a whole that room. they do. They're awful, but. You put one of them things in your mouth and you just like, okay, there's a heaven, there's a God, and he exists. You're here, what is it, Saturday morning, it's a Saturday. 5 till 11. Uh-huh. You're like kind of working right now, talking to me. If you weren't in here, how would you be spending your Saturday? What's your usual Saturday Oh, routine? man. Um, it's so funny because, look, here's the thing. A lot of people know this about me. I'm very much in love with my girlfriend. Uh-huh. What's her name? Her name is Alana Aisha Mayo. I love that name. Such a good name. Yeah. She's like, it's like a Doug character. <laughs> um, I'm very lucky to wake up to her every day. I bet. So, like this morning, I got in late last night. I did a belated birthday dinner last night. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I woke up to her and like we were sort of snuggling and, and, oh. and being silly. And uh, and trust me, if I was not coming here, like I would probably still be in the bed, like moving <laughs> around with her and like watching MSNBC or something. But we have family in town right now. Her okay. brother and her cousin, a couple of her other cousin are here. Um, so I came downstairs to like three black boys hanging out, you know, <laughs> on the couch and yeah. she's sitting there and they, what do they have on the TV before I left? I don't know something, but, um, so I would be kicking it with them, figuring out what we're going to do for brunch. Sounds like a lovely Saturday. Yeah. We tried to, she's gotten on me about keeping the weekends pretty clear yeah. just because even though after this, I'm also going to go <laughs> sit 
with Justin Simeon and help him with this like next project. What's the next uh, project? I can't say okay. anything right. about now, it. It he, is like top secret. He's a mastermind behind so, dear black people. Uh, yes, dear white people. Although white people want a dear black people because they're bad. I did not say dear black people. I know. But, what but the you hell? Know, because you're sitting in front of a black person, <laughs> you're feeling very black right now. I'm so black. Yes, he's the so mastermind. In my Marfa Public Radio shirt. I know. We're very black as hell. We're 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 black hipsters. Let's talk about your your blipster outfit. I'm loving this. Oh, are you? Is that a puka shell necklace? Not quite. This, what is dog, that? This was a gift from some, or maybe, or maybe I bought this. I don't know. This is my girlfriend and I have like these little, these little gold necklaces with like oh. our nicknames on it. Mine says Cheese Ball because that's what she calls me, which I am. <laughs> um, and hers has her my little pet name for her, which I will not share. Okay. Okay. Um, and then a Melody Ashani um, ring, which is sort of like oh, a big wow. sort of like costume thing that says Rich, which to me I think about being rich in spirit, you know, yeah. I mean, versus like you know just about the money and all those kind of things. Right? What does Rich in Spirit mean to you? Who, um, balance, yeah. I think, uh, and having a village uh, of people that really celebrate you, even when there's not something in particular to be celebrated. Mm. And also to be happy to be doing what you were put on this planet to do. Yes. And then it's also like being okay with being happy. Mm-hmm. I was telling someone yesterday, like That's the real. last month or so for me just has been good. Professionally, mm-hmm. personally, life has felt good. Good. And, and like, you know when things are good, we're like, oh, this is too good. Something bad oh, has to happen. Oh, that's... Whew. Why are things this good? My girlfriend has that. that really? A, she sometimes does that. Yeah. I've tried to like... I think she might say, because I'm sort of... She might say I'm the optimist and she's the pessimist. Mm-hmm. But I think we rubbed off on each other a little bit in terms of... And, I've, and I think... But she... I don't know if she would say she's a pessimist. She's a realist. Okay. And so I think that creeps in a little bit. And for me, I'm just sort of like, yeah, but how... Happiness is fleeting. So, so yeah. it's like when it comes, like Savor sit in it. Because you know what? If you always are waiting for the other shoe to drop, it will. There you go. Like shoes going to drop. That's going to happen. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Before Master of None, you were out here just trying to be a writer, not an actor. So how did Aziz happen? Aziz I mean, Master happened of None. because after I, while I was on the set of, of Dear White People, the feature, I got a call from my then manager that said Allison Jones wants to have a meeting with you. And this is like a legendary casting. Director. Mind you, I didn't know who she was. I didn't know. Oh. I you know I didn't know casting director. She's cast every. She cast. Well, she cast Bridesmaids. She cast. She cast Christine America's Geeks. The Office. She, she cast. She cast. Did she cast Fresh Prince of Bel Air? She did. It's <laughs> amazing. She did. She's like yeah. a crazy resume. But I just didn't know. I didn't know who that was. I was like, and he was like, mm, she's a pretty famous, you know, casting director. I was like, why does the casting director want to meet me? I'm not yeah. like casting anything. Yeah. So, but he was like, I don't know. Just you should go. So I was like, okay. So I went, and sure enough, she had sort of seen. Me in interviews and seeing some of my, some of my work and yeah. she was like are you interested do you have any interest in acting at all huh. and I was like not really I was like not particularly yeah. she's like okay well let me bring you in for some stuff and how did you like, feel when she told you that I was like okay <laughs> um, but we had a great conversation we were okay. talking about TV obviously yeah. she has great taste and things so we just, so I just like we just connected on yeah. that level and sure enough she did she brought me in for a, a couple different things and then one of them I booked which was a small part on the comeback season 2 okay. which was one of my favorite shows of all time Yeah. so I was very hyped about that and Michael Patrick King directed me I spent the afternoon with him and Lisa Kudrow which was phenomenal Lisa Kudrow seems like she's like always just hilarious she's a genius person yeah she's a genius I love person it. I love it like yeah Genius. <laughs> um, yeah, so then I guess one day Aziz and Alan, because she was obviously casting their show, they asked her to send them interesting people hmm. for like to, to kind of talk yeah. to, not yeah. even like really read. So by the grace of God, she mentioned me. 
And I wow. went to Aziz's house <laughs> and sat and huh. talked to him and Alan for like 30 minutes. Like, I didn't have, I didn't know he had a show. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, we just like go to his house. Just go to his house and talk to him. And that's why I was like, well, it's coming, the meeting is coming from Allison's office. So yeah. it has to be active. But I'm like, but casting. I'm not reading anything for them. It was racial. So was, they just had you talk about you? Yeah, it was just talked about what was going on in my life. I just what did you tell with them? my girlfriend. Okay. So I was like, well, you know, made out with her. And now she's my everything. That's happening. <laughs> and just being silly and just being myself. Yeah. And, um, and then I got a call after that to say, okay, he wants you to read with him. Okay. And so then I finally got some size. I didn't get a full script, but okay. and so and I asked like, can I play with this with the script? And like and they were like, Yeah, sure, why not? Like write some stuff. Yeah, it. write some stuff just to add some things to give it some flavor or whatever. Yeah. So I did. And so that meant that disease wasn't aware of what I was gonna say back to him when I sat down to read. Oh. So I so I so I come in now we're in Allison's office. And, yes. Um and I'm sitting with disease and Alan Yang is there and Allison's there. Um and uh, it's somewhat of an empty room, which is always preferred, you know, mm-hmm. when you're auditioning. And so I start with him and we're we're going and he's just like cracking up. The little things I'm saying and I'm saying back and yeah. Alan's laughing, Allison's digging it, and you can just feel from that moment mm-hmm. like okay, there's something here. Um, it's so cool too because Allison has somewhere on tape like me and Aziz reading it for the first time. Really, and I'd love to see it because like it's. I mean, you could just feel like there's just a natural yeah. kinship. There. And you weren't scared. No. Okay. I wasn't. Maybe it's because I, they let me play with the words yeah, myself. So it was and, you. And then we, yeah, and then we ad libbed a little bit. One nice. of the scenes where Aziz just kind of started riffing. I just kind of started going with him. And uh, can you recall a certain ad lib? Yeah, one of which was like, "Yeah, man." Like I, said, I remember saying "thought." <laughs> for, him, those, for listeners that don't know, this is NPR. That the, those hoes, that hoes, that hoe over, over there, that hoe over there, which we bring back in the Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. So Kim Aziz, Whitley says it beautifully. And, and Aziz has a great little comeback. It's an acronym. So great. Um, so, oh, it's an acronym. I remember watching that with somebody. They were dying. They were like, oh, it's an acronym. Yeah. So funny. So, so I said that, and he cracked. He was like the fact, like the fact that I was actually explaining something to him that he didn't know yeah. while we're ad libbing. Because now he's kind of like, I'm not. I'm genuinely having a conversation with you again, like yes, in the yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that, and then, and I remember like making a joke about like you need to like don't date a Cassie. You don't you know you got you got to find you a like Cassie. Like PGD's Cassie. Yeah, she's beautiful. And she's gorgeous. But I said something. I was like, "You can get a Cassie. You can get a Cassie. That means you set for life." Some shit I said. <laughs> and he was just like, "What?" He was like, "Who are you right now?" So then we came. Then I came back. I read again. We were a little bit more on the book okay. that time. Okay. And then the next, I got a call to come test. Yeah. Um, which is like really awkward. You go in, they film you, and all these mm-hmm. people are there. It's um, and then like like not even like a week later they called and said we want you to come be a part of the show and they gave you the role of Denise which was mm-hmm. originally meant for a white straight woman that might have been his love interest I think they didn't all they knew is they wanted a girl in okay. the crew and okay. I think when they when the thing about that girl I don't think they necessarily thought she was going to be black or that she would be a lesbian yeah. but I think to, such kudos to them because I think they met me and they were like okay well she's the one let's alter the role to her Yeah. and I think they kind of thought oh, that's actually interesting perspective of like even though, because I think it would have been cool if they had a straight woman kind of giving like a perspective from the other side. I think they kind of had that with Lakshmi, who's now in season two, oh, yeah. a little bit more. But yeah. I think they kind of got a kick out of it. But I remember coming in for the first table read, and they still hadn't decided. And Aziz was like, "If you're going to be straight or gay, in the yeah." Show? And Aziz was huh. like, "Well, we're thinking maybe she'll be a lesbian." And I was like, "I'm not mad at that." Yeah, would you have felt comfortable playing a straight woman? Totally, because I think it would have been funny. You know what I'm so. saying? Like my cadence and my vibe or whatever. I was I'm not gonna like wear like a skirt and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So to yeah. me it could have been and also too, there are some women who are more masculine than feminine that yes. are straight. Yes. You know? Totally. So I wouldn't have minded. But yeah. I, but also too, looking back at it now, and this didn't really come up in our conversation, but we weren't 
aware at the time of how little representation there was of queer people of color mm-hmm. on television. So in doing it, you know, I think we got a couple of rounds of applause about it, but it was not conscious. It was just sort of, oh, this is who I am. We this like is how you. I walk Come in the on, world. And they were like, we respond to this. Yeah. And um, and that's why I was so cool that the reception of the character, especially yeah. the first season, obviously second season too, um, uh, has been so warm and kind and people just really like, they just really like Denise. All right, time for a quick break. We'll be right back in a moment with more from Lena Waithe on how she got her start in show business. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Angie's List. Home improvement season has arrived, and Angie's List is here to help. At Angie's List, they have the tools to help homeowners tackle their to-do list with confidence. Whether you need windows cleaned, your lawn mowed, or remodeled, they'll help you find the perfect pro for the project. Angie's List is now free to join, and members receive exclusive benefits and discounts on home services. Visit Angie'sList.com today. Angie's List. Home is where our heart is. Okay, so we'll get back to Master of None a bit later. But first, let's go back to how you got started in all of this, Lena. I was reading somewhere that you decided when you were seven years old mm-hmm. that you wanted to be a TV writer. Right. One, I know. talk about that. How weird is that? I'm trying to think of my seven-year-old self. Could I even conceptualize of someone writing that stuff? I think um, for me, well, I, I definitely asked a lot of questions as a kid. But I think a big thing for me was I was so obsessed with television. and not What no, shows? I mean, here's the deal. I grew up, I'm, I'm 30, I just turned 33. So I was very lucky in terms of when I was a kid. I was born in 84. So was I. Um, okay, see. So it's like, so in the 90s, like that era is like yes. when I'm like, you know, really awa- hyper aware yeah. of what I'm watching, all that kind of stuff. And when we were kids, we didn't have that weird thing about no screens until this age. Uh, we like, were like, no, no TV during the week. Oh, my mom, I was, my mom was raised by a single mom and I live with my grandmother. So my grandmother watched TV 24 hours a day and my mom was like off at some job or on yeah. a date with somebody at, at any time of the day. So, and my sister was two years older than me, so she kind of was doing her own thing. So I really spent a lot of time watching TV with my grandmother and then watching uh-huh. TV by myself. Um, and my aunt was, my mom's sister was also a big avid television watcher. Yeah. She was also really into movies. So she kind of like would take me to go see movies that I was like way too young to see. They took me to go see <laughs> Love Jones when I was 12. Like I oh, saw, Love Jones gets hot and heated. Oh, yeah. I was 12. But because it was shot in Chicago, she was like, you should watch oh. this. She, I saw Ferris Bueller when I was really young. Huh. Um, she, t- My best friend's wedding. I remember going to see that in the theater. That's such a good movie. Yeah. And a lot of it, she really got hyped up on things that were shot in the city where I lived in. She was, uh. so she would take me to go see those movies and go like, they shot that here. I was sort of almost creating this weird, interesting pride in my city and also totally. production there. And I'm so happy because I think my mom was like, look, there's stuff happening in these movies and TV shows that you should not repeat and you should see or should know. But just like, look, I'm not going to be a hover parent. I don't have that luxury. Yeah. So like, you can watch it. And also shoot, they would, my family would curse around me and she was like, just don't repeat it. But of course I did and I wouldn't. <laughs> and I'm really grateful because I know how to curse and I know how to be and I think they really kind of gave me a certain level yeah. of swag like watching those things. Going back to it, I think watching Obsessed with a Different World, Obsessed yeah. with the Cosby Show in a real way. As I got older, I really got into mimicking like Martin living single. Becoming wait, 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 obsessed. wait! You can't say mimic Martin and not mimic some Martin. Oh my God! Give I me mean, some Martin. To, well, here's the deal: I like I like to do a lot of his the characters he would do. Shanae, which is Shanae. Okay. Can you do Shanae? Um, okay, like here's like here we go. So this is her. <laughs> so whenever she goes to cuss that corner and sees her not too favorite people, uh-huh. which are Pam and and uh, and Gina, uh-huh. she's like, "Well, looky, look. <laughs> if it isn't Little Miss Bourgeoisie, 
Uh-huh, Gina. Okay? And you should back up because you know what a good ass whooping feels like. Yeah, because I don't like you no way. Okay? I got piston tickets, okay? Front row. Oh, you want these tickets? Oh, you want these tickets? Okay, you got to come work in my shop for a whole day. I mean, he's like, she's like, she's like, three, two, one. Eh, eh, deal is off. Deal is off. I mean, I was just like, I, it, it just never. That was, can I just give you a snapshot? Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yes. I, I would like, I, I mean, if, if a lot of my girlfriend was sitting here right now, she'd be like, this is my life on a daily basis. <laughs> like, I, I'm upset. Like, and also, and I think that's honestly, because a lot of people say, you know, did you want to be an actor? And I, and I really did not. I, did, I had no aspirations of it. You wanted to write. Yeah, I wanted to write. But I think what the, acting thing is sort of born out of is me watching things and mm. mimicking them like and, okay. and and sort of saying I literally I would a character would say something on TV and I would say it back to them huh. that's what I would sit and do like as a young person just like watch these things yeah. again and again and again it was like repetition yeah so then okay child growing up in Chicago loving mm. TV wanting to write mm-hmm. walk me through how you get to LA I got to L.A. through Columbia College because okay. they have something called the semester in L.A. And because the truth okay. is, obviously, people that go to Columbia have aspirations of being in some sort of, well, not all, but they have a, a major where you can major in writing and producing and television, which huh. I majored in. And a lot of it, they're really trying to get people to go to Los Angeles. That's sort of their mission. Huh. If you you know, if you're a television writer, screenwriter, they're like, there's only so far you can get into yeah. Chicago. The cool thing is there's a lot of production happening in Chicago now. So a lot of those students, I think, are getting yeah. a lot of gigs. It's a good place to shoot. Yeah. They shoot. It looks yeah. like a city. Oh yeah, it looks like Such a city. Such majestic architecture. Yeah, it's great. And um, my family's still there. And my home base was Where there. Where in Chicago? Well, I grew up in, uh, on the south side of Chicago. Yeah, I live with my grandmother, and then we moved to Evanston. So very different experience. Very different experience. Um, but my mom went there for the schools. Like literally, you know, yeah. she was like, "We gotta, you can't keep going to school here." Were you like <laughs> the only black kid in your class in Evanston, or no? No, it was. We were definitely the minority, okay. but it was it was a mix. I mean, it was okay. predominantly white, but mm-hmm. you know, we had but we had Latino kids, Indian kids, Asian kids. So we, that was a really cool thing actually nice. the fact that it was diverse in that way yeah. um and you know we loved it i loved it i went to middle school there and i went to high school I went to evanston township high school so then la so yeah what so semester you, are you in la like sophomore junior senior what no year? my last it was Your my last la- i made it my last semester okay. because a couple, a couple people had done it like junior year senior year and they, they come back to chicago but i remember one girl because she had done the semester in la and she loved it yeah but she was like my advice make it your last mm. thing because that way you stay out there and can keep working exactly and she was like because because she did it and then obviously came back and uh-huh. told me all about it and that kind of made me go hmm, I kind of want to do it yeah, yeah. Um, Mary Stanislaw she okay. did it and Shout so out. she was like uh, what's she doing now she I think well I think she's back in Chicago but she was out here for a while and that's a tough thing it, it is a you know it's not lost on me that I'm very blessed and that yeah. my journey has taken me yeah. to and also you know my drive has got me to where I am yeah. but a lot of people were out here and like you know oh, that's the LA story go back I mean yeah. can I tell you like a real thing that happened yes. like some real shit yeah. That was like something out of a movie. So I, in this semester in L.A., there uh-huh. was a, a guy who, and we actually both went to Evanston Township High School. Oh, wow. Interestingly enough, Did you know him there? A little bit. Okay. We didn't run in the same circles. Okay. But, you know, yeah. I knew his like, So we saw each other, and we did this semester in L.A. together. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, but he was more of an actor than anything, you okay. know, too, trying to act. Right. So we did this semester. That was in 06. Yeah. Fast forward to a couple weeks ago. I had people over. And um, yeah, so, you know, I had some folks over at my house, some friends, and we postmated. We postmates, you know. Yeah. That's oh, all. Yeah. We postmates some food. My postmates guy no. was him. It was wow. I mean, it was just such a thing, and and I. Oh my goodness! And we didn't like really, you know. I mean, we not really we like. Were you like, dude? I was just like, oh hey. <laughs> 
And he was like, like, hey. What do you say in that moment? Nothing. There's nothing really you can say. And it was just, it was such a, a jolt of like, oh my goodness. I think for me and him, for both sides. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like, it, it was just in like my crib. And he could see, it was just like a whole, it was just yeah. like something out of a freaking movie. And it's so LA. Cause like, so LA, dog. I live in DC now. And okay. like, if you want to work in politics, you can find a job in politics. Mm-hmm. There's something there for you. Right. Like, you can staple someone's papers in some office somewhere, yeah, right? So, like, you're going to get a job. Yeah. But in L.A., if you want to work, in, like, if you want to act, it's, 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 it's just a combination like, of luck, yes, God, yes. talent, Yeah, and so great, L.A. Yeah. is full of these brilliant, beautiful, motivated people mm-hmm. serving you food and drink. Yeah. It's such a weird thing. Yeah. It's and every, and everybody thing. is like got a, a, a like very few people are from here. Uh huh. So it's like most people like you know you start off well I'm from so and so yeah I've been out here for so many years and also too there's no seasons here so like oh, time yeah. flies by yeah and um you know it just it's the kind of city that can swallow you up if you let it exactly and um and I was just determined to not yeah. you know swallow it up but yeah. I but I remember before I came out here a lot of my family like one of my uncle my gay one of my gay uncles uh I have two uh. Blessed. We never said well. We never said the Two word gay, gay ever. You know, at, th- at Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah we were going to talk about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so crazy. One was a hairdresser. One was a flight stewardess. But like, never, never ever had any spouses or anything. Apparently. Um, and the family wasn't like so. No. Just not discussed. No. One and literally is a hairdresser. The other is a flight attendant. I mean, no. when I say that, people are like, "Are you joking?" I'm like, "Nope." They both still do that, by the way. Huh. Um, but they're, but they're more like, and it's like like play uncles, and that like yeah. one of them used to do my mom's hair, so he would come over, yeah. and the other yeah. is like the brother of one of my aunt's boyfriends. Gotcha. So you know, it's like, gotcha. but you know, it's like they'd be at the house. I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I still have to say when he when I was leaving, he was like, "You're gonna go out there and really, you know, run the town." Yeah. And I was like, "Really? That's the vibe you get?" And he's like, "Yeah." And so I was like, "Okay." So just like little things like that, and like my professor. Uh, at the time, who like read a girlfriend spec I wrote in his class, and he he like winked at me I before I walked it. out. He was like, "Yeah." And you ended you up writing something. for girlfriends, right? No, I was an assistant to one of the showrunners gotcha. for girlfriends. Okay, okay, which is like one of the best shows of all time. I mean, come on, like, I was writing spec scripts for that show. Like, yeah, I knew so it like good. the back of my hand. This is, and, and like, I hate that we live in a country where we love series, sitcoms, dramas about. Women friendships, uh huh. Girls, sex in the city. Yep. The list goes on. I'm trying on. to get one on there myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why can't we acknowledge that girlfriends was one of the best there was? Dude. I feel like it's so slept on. I know. I think, and I think it's because was it maybe it's because of the network that it began was on. Was it UPN? It started on UPN oh, and yeah. turned into the CW. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's hard. You know, when mm-hmm. you're on a network like that, I think when people sort of like don't take seriously yeah. and yeah. Um, but that being said, it's like big ups tomorrow for like really like. Mm-hmm. Pushing and trying to make something smart and interesting. And it was really smart. It was yeah, really smart. And, and just like special and timely. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and people still mess with it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're here for the semester. Right. Does it work out well? Like, do you land a job as soon as that's done? No. Or what? what's, your, what's the timeline? You land an internship. You, you, okay. you, that's easy to find. You know, like, okay. you know, actually, I don't <laughs> know. I think, I think not paid. Oh. And then and then I started working in reality television, which a lot of people do. Whoa. To, like, you know, because, and, and by that, I mean, I would watch footage of, like, the real world Australia <laughs> and just, like, transcribe what was happening so the editors could, like, pick and choose from, like, different cuts. And, like, Whoa. Yeah. That's what I did for, like, a couple years. Cause so like, were you just, like, just I went to college from for 6 this? p.m. to 3 a.m.? I did that for like, gotta be like a year or some change. Did you like that? 
I, you know, I like the people that I sat okay. next to. Okay. And like, you know what I'm That's saying? That's diplomatic. It was like, you know, it was just such a, but you know, also I like the fact that I finally it was a job where I could pay my rent yeah. and like my stuff. It was, it yeah. was very, it made me independent. Okay. Um, and then during the day I would intern again to go uh, pay uh, at this literary agency. So how many hours were you putting in? Oh man, the literary agency was in Beverly Hills from 9 a.m. to 5. And the transcriber job was in the Valley. So that's an hour drive oh, yeah. to 6 and it took me there till like 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. And then you had to be back at work at 9. And go back, Yeah. And I just was and like just on that four oh five. Oh. Living there. Ugh. I just but I just remember like I know this is gonna pay off at some point. Like but I think that's a big thing for me. And I don't think I was even really able to I, well on the weekends I would try to like write and whatever. Yeah. But I was just like, this has to pay. I have to like be wow. good at what I'm doing. Otherwise this is just like torture. Yeah. This is cruel and unusual punishment. So then what happens after that? What happened was that agency that only rep television writers. It's a very huh. unique agency. Yeah. But it's also a good starter agency for a lot of like mm-hmm. television writers who got some skills. I was like, I hope they'll like me enough that they'll give me a, an assistant gig working for one of their clients or something. Yeah. Sure enough, one day in the office, I'm like at the front desk doing what I normally do. And they go, okay, so the woman who runs Girlfriends needs a new assistant. Huh. Like, do you want to go? We, want, we, we can get you an interview. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, so I went in. And I was just like very confident because yeah. I cause I knew the show. I was like I was like I remember sitting and I was like none of y'all know the show better than me. None of y'all. And one of them was a young lady who I'm friends with now, but was like was the writer's PA the year before that. Like, she oh, was wow. up for that gig, and I beat them. I got all. They were like you got it. And so and that's when it all began. That was my journey, like being on that set and okay. like doing all that and just like I was in heaven. Like I'm, yeah. like, I'm like walking Tracy Ellis Ross's dog. I'm sitting at the run <laughs> Wait, what's Tracy Ellis's dog's name? Well, her dog. This dog has since passed away. Uh-huh. Um, but her name was Ladybug. For those who don't know, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, you would recognize her as Diana Ross's daughter. She's also the mom on Blackish. She was also on Girlfriends, and she seems like the coolest, nicest person She's really in sweet, the world. Funny, gorgeous, like very, you know, to be raised in, in the way that she was, and to and be, be as like as grounded as and she like is. very, you know, in yeah. touch with folks is like yeah. I think a real testament to her mom. Yeah. Anyway, this ain't about her. It's about you, <laughs> Girlfriends, and then what? I got a call. Uh, from Mara's assistant. So Mara is Mara Brock Akil, one of the lead producers on Girlfriends. Mara's assistant, you know, her then former assistant, mm-hmm. said, hey, we got, you know, uh, Mara's best friend needs an assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and she recommended you. And I was like, oh, snap. Because I wasn't even working directly for Mara. Mara oh. would just see me on set running yeah, around. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and her best friend, of course, was Gina Prince-Bythewood. And she mm. needed an assistant for her post on Secret Life of Bees. And Gina Prince-Bythewood is another great female director. She did Love and Basketball, also Beyond the Lights. So I went, interviewed. It was phenomenal at her house. Met her. You see, like, the poster of Love and Basketball and, like, all oh, this kind wow. of stuff. And so I went, interviewed, and started working for her. And she's been, like, my, you know, industry mother. She always wow. joked, well, I had you in my teens um, <laughs> ever since. And so, um, and then while I was working for her, Gina was like, okay, so there's this woman who's directing her first movie, and we know she she needs some help as from PA or some assistant type of place. And I was just like, we think you'd be great, okay? And that was Ava DuVernay. Wow! And that was like, I will follow, and I went yeah. on that movie. Which movie? That was her first I, movie. Okay. I will follow. Yeah. And Ava went on to direct Selma a few years after I will follow. Um, worked on that, and then she and I have been tight. Is she the homie? Since she is. Wow. Which is a phenomenal thing to have, and I'm grateful to the. And I love how like your story is full of like black women helping other black Absolutely. women. Absolutely, that's mm-hmm. that's good. And it's the thing that I really took on, and like you know, try to pay it forward. And yeah. as I was driving here today, I was talking to one of my mentees and like helping him. Like he's doing, he did a spec of blackish, speaking mm-hmm. of Tracy Ellis Ross, yeah. full circle, and um, just telling him like about ways to Im- implement notes he's gotten yeah. from his writers group um, that we've helped form and, and try to help him how to figure out how to do rewrites. Yeah, and so you transitioned at some point from assisting to writing. And right. did you, you wrote what shows have you written for? 
I've only written on two, and and they could not be more different. One was a Nickelodeon show that only lasted one season what called How to Rock. Show? Was it which good? Symphonique Miller was the lead, which is Masterpiece's daughter. Oh, right. You know what? Masterpiece kids have. They're like they're like because like, isn't isn't Little Romeo his kid too? Yep. Mm-hmm. Little Romeo's like talented. He's like yeah, he's out here, you know, making funds, man. Yeah. Like they're doing stuff. They stay busy. So Symphonique had a show. You wrote for that. Yeah, I wrote on that, and then I wrote. The Shy. It was, it was called Chirac before, but now it's called The Shy. This is your new Showtime yeah, series. That eventually, yeah. later, would ultimately yeah. you know, uh, land at Showtime. All right, one more quick break. We'll be right back to talk about Lena Waithe's big episode and the latest season of Master of None. We'd like to say a quick thank you and share a message from one of our sponsors, Discover. You check things all the time, like your email or social media. But Discover asks, what about checking something as important as your credit score? Well, Discover makes it quick and easy with the Discover Credit Scorecard. Discover is offering FICO credit scores to everyone for free, even if you're not a customer. And once you know your FICO credit score, you should check to see if your current credit card is the best fit for you. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Hey, it's Guy Raz here. If you love this podcast, you might also love the TED Radio Hour. It's a show about what it means to be a human. We grieve, we experience joy, sadness, love, and jealousy. We can be cruel and empathetic. We have the capacity to imagine the future and the past. And at a time when it seems we're so divided, the TED Radio Hour explores what makes us unique among all species. Find it on Apple Podcasts, the NPR One app, or however you get your podcasts. All right, let's go back to Master of None. Lena, you've had this role of the best friend to Aziz Ansari's character for two seasons now. But this season, your character, Denise, she is the subject of her own episode, my favorite episode of the series thus far, the Thanksgiving episode. Oh, thank you so much. Which I'm sure you've been hearing about how much people love it. It's really good. I guess we should give a spoiler alert for those that haven't watched it. Sure. If you, if you haven't watched it yet, listeners, pause this. But, like, how go have watch you not that, watched it? Right? I mean, how have you not watched come it? Come on, dog. But, no, like, check it out, please. It's so good. So, the whole premise of this episode basically is you, your character, Denise, mm-hmm. comes out to her mother mm-hmm. over the course of like several Thanksgiving dinners. So to speak, yeah, there's one actual coming yes. out scene. Yes. But oh before that she sort of <laughs> just being herself. Yeah. But not. Yeah. In a way. And Which is sort of I think, you know, most people most gay people's journey. That's the process. And and so like one, you got Angela Bassett to play your mother. I mean, come on. Phenomenal. Was your Icon. mom just like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. No, and it's funny because we were supposed to keep it like under wraps, but then uh-huh. Angela, somebody asked her on a red carpet at the Emmys of oh. all places. So what do you have coming up next? Like, oh, I'm going to play, I'm going to go be on Master of None, play Denise's mom. But we didn't care. It was fun. So, yeah. so then that came out. And so that's how my mom actually found out So what out did your mom it. say? She was just like, oh my God, that's amazing. She was so obsessed. Yeah. I read somewhere that you and Disease both love Angela Bassett for many reasons, but in right. part because of her role in... The Jacksons. The Jackson American 5, Dream. American Dream. I love that miniseries. I mean, it's iconic. What's your favorite Angela Bassett line from that movie? Oh, well, I mean, the go-to is like, I don't want you, yes, I, don't I don't want, want you, you, I don't want, want you, you no more. I love and that. It's amazing. Yeah. So this episode, I was watching it actually on the plane coming back from somewhere, so I'm weeping on the plane Oh my episode. Um, I didn't even know it was available on planes. So with Netflix now, you can download stuff oh, and watch it later. There we go. So See, you about that new shit. 
Okay. You know, that new got, you, that new got you. Yeah. But like, it's so poignant. How much of that is straight up your life and how much of that is you and Aziz like writing something? The only thing that's not my life is uh, I don't have an Indian uh, boy that I grew up with. <laughs> and smoke weed in the, in the room. Right. <laughs> and I don't, I did not bring home my nipples and toes. Uh, For those that don't know, Nipples and Toes 23 is the Instagram account of one, one of, of your girls thoughts. That I'm t- okay, what? <laughs> she's not a thought to my character. She's a lovely young lady. But, but okay, I'm, unbiased opinion. Is she a, she a thought-ish, oh, thought-esque? You know, ish. <laughs> ish. You know, we all have those moments, though, in we our do, lives. We do. Um, yeah, but er- everything other than, I mean, everything from the Lebanese thing, which I genuinely said when I came out to my friends. You called yourself Lebanese. Yeah, that which lesbian. Aziz thought was hilarious, <laughs> um, which my friends at the time thought was kind of silly, too. They were like, yeah. what? Um, I mean, the grandmother stuff. Kim's character is a Kim Whitley, who I think is an unsung hero of Hollywood oh God, and yes. of this episode. She's a combination of a lot of my mom's friends. Okay. You know, who are like play aunts, you know, yeah. to me, you yeah. know, um, but literally like I took like three of her friends, like put the things that they said to her, like in one person's mouth. Yeah. So, yeah, but she's such, it's such she's a, so it good. really became, she became such a great character, yes. you know. What does she do with this? There's twice where she yells at Aziz. Oh my God. With the she's second like, time over the We year. know it's in the damn yams. <laughs> and she's like, got the nipples, got the toes. <laughs> she's like so great. Oh my Was God. Was it hard to write something that's so your life? And also, like, if I can recall correctly, Aziz really pushed you to write this. Right. I was just like, because that's the thing, thing, too. I try to keep that kind of stuff separate. Yeah. You know, like, um, I, a lot of people say, oh, you're writing something for yourself. I don't tend to write for myself. Hmm. Things I write, even if they, they may be semi-autobiographical, yeah. and, but I like the idea of other actors coming in and helping to bring these characters to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the acting things, and um, whether it be like on the comeback, obviously, or... Master of None, and I just recently filmed a, a movie last year. I like being just the, the actor mm. and, and that being my yeah. job and that being my focus. So yeah. this is actually the first time I've written something and starred in it. Huh. So uh, just because I, I, I always tell people, I'm like, I don't have the Tina Fey or the Issa Rae or the Lena Dunham yeah. gene. Like, yeah. I don't feel the need to, like, write something and be in it. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think that's beautiful and dope. Totally. Hello, Donald Glover and Aziz Ansari. Yes. Um, but I, I just, it's not my jam. Okay. So that's why I was a little bit. And also, too, I had a, I mean, my plate was really full at that yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and trying to still trying to get my series picked up at the time. It had not officially been picked up or at Showtime. Yeah. I was about to go film a movie in London. And they had you actually write in a hotel room in London, I was, right? Well, you, well, Aziz came to London. To now, write this I, with you. I don't know if it was, that was the only reason. I think he, just kinda, he likes to travel. But I think <laughs> that didn't hurt, you know, because I was in London filming something. Okay. And so <laughs> he came to London to play. But also, you know, he, he got, you know, he was staying in a hotel, a really cool hotel. And I am. Um, I went to his hotel room. We just like sat for a couple of days. It took you a few days, right? Yeah, this. to to write it. We had we had a great outline, okay. um, and so that's what we were sort of going off of, and and then sort of just sort of going back and forth or whatever. But then when we sat when we actually sat down, it was about three days huh. to bang it out. Yeah. Um, and it was in a lot. I mean, I would say like eighty five percent or not. It was like it's like that we wrote in London it's is day. in the, is in is in the episode. Yeah. And we tweak things on set here and there, yeah. but. Yeah, and a lot of stuff, a lot of scenes that, like, Dev wasn't in, he would, like, get up and, like, walk away. <laughs> like And, like, I would be in there by myself alone with my memories and just really recalling it yeah. and, and, and and being just super honest. And that's the rule that I go by in Total Disease. Is it really honest? Is it really true? And, you know, and we really have fun with it. And there's a lot of cool little quiet scenes in there that I really that's like. That's beautiful. Like, when, when, when Angela Bassett's character 
has Denise's girlfriend come in and, and like help mm-hmm. make the food. Right. Like, oh, this is she's warming up. The beginning. To this. It's yeah. Happening. It's slow, but yeah. it's like yeah. Yeah. Was it hard to act that episode? No, I mean you know it was a lot of fun kind of with the being with the kids like you know and like tweaking that because then I just felt like a writer on set yeah. you know um but the biggest scene was obviously the coming out scene at the diner but even that like I had a little bit of butterflies but I felt very safe in Angela's arms and like you know she was fantastic and uh you know and also the, the way they put it in the schedule it was a couple of days of us kind of working together so we you know it wasn't the first thing up yeah um but it really was liberating you know because some people say oh was it difficult having to come out again. I'm like, no, coming mm. out is hard. That yeah. was shitty. Do, recreating it in that way, it felt like a celebration of coming huh. out. Yeah. You know, yeah. it kind of honored it. Yeah. And it was it was really great of you and the team to humanize a parent like yes. that. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times there's this conceptualization, either the parent loves the kids that, um, to come out or hates right. the kid mm-hmm. that comes out. Right. But it's usually somewhere in between. Yeah. And, they, and everyone loves their kid. Yeah. But there's one line Angela Bassett says, which is just like, I don't want life to be hard for you. Right. That was that was very beautifully nuanced. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Thank you. And because uh, a big thing for me is I didn't want her to be a villain. Yeah. And, and she's I, not. Yeah. And, and, I, and my character's not a hero. Mm-hmm. You know, I am. Um, because I've, I, there's no rule book on what to do when somebody comes out to you, but there's not really a rule book on how to come out either. That's and I don't know if I was the expert at how, doing that because I was a little annoyed and frustrated that I had to, and yeah. I was happy that I got to write that in and like yeah. kind of. Um, but I think, but in hindsight, it kind of speaks to like me sort of feeling like, well, people should just know who I am, and, da, 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 and that's just sort of not that's yeah. that's also, also unfair they too. They didn't know. <laughs> you had to tell them, right? You know, <laughs> and I and I needed to say it out yes. loud. Yes. you know what I mean. Yeah. I think. And and I and I, so I, so I also like the evolution of her coming out to herself, sort of in a way, and and then doing that, she comes out to her friend, and yeah. then later, yes. you know, she feels comfortable, which is tr- really true. Yeah, and also it, it speaks to this fact that like you don't just come out once; you got to right. come out to this one, then to that right. one, and then it's it's like it's yeah. a process. And from you... yeah, because for me though, it was like that was the only person I really came really? out to. Yeah, okay. it was my mom. Yeah, I mean, well, my, I came out to my sister, which okay. that was not like I didn't have a sister on the show, but. So yeah, that was, and my friends. So it was sort of like a couple, but it wasn't. I didn't have. I don't. I still don't have a huge family. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that was the one person that yeah. mattered. Yeah, the posters in Denise's childhood room. Mm-hmm. Two big ones. Uh, who were they? Jasmine Guy, Jennifer Aniston. Dime uh, pieces. Yeah, dimes, man. <laughs> we had Hallie up there too. Vanessa Williams. Got in there. Um, were those your real life childhood they, they Well, like, it's interesting. So I sent them pictures of my <laughs> room as a teenager. And also I shared a room with my sister, too. So our room was covered in posters. Like, really? I mean, immature, Tony Braxton. Immature. I have these, not like, heard. I haven't thought of immature in dude, years. my sister, obsessed. Wow. hmm So her room, all these boys and and my side, like Tony Braxton, <laughs> Holly Berry, yeah. Tyra Banks. It's like, yeah. you would have thought, like, some, but it just goes to speak to, like, black people just, like, not having a lot of experience. A willful, yeah. And there's also sometimes, like, this willful ignorance. Yeah. I don't want to, they don't want to know. It was so blatant and crazy. Like, huh. if, you, if you, thinking back on our room now and, like, yeah. all of her stuff and all my, hilarious. Like, yeah. it's silly. But they really took to that and they were like, oh, this is really fun. And, uh, 
But yeah, those were the people. Like my, like that was it. Yeah. It was like Hallie. We had a Karen Parsons um, post up there too because apparently Karen Parsons is a fan of the show. Oh. so she was down with us. You know, use her oh, image yeah. and then Regina King. We have a young picture of Regina oh, King yeah. up there who's also a fan of the show. So some of it was some head nods to people nice. who, who've been really nice. kind about the series. I love it. Um, and uh, yeah, and also it's a cool. Uh, and I haven't seen him, but Vanessa Williams' son. There's a barbershop he and I frequent, oh, nice. and he's a he's a fan of the show. So I to me, it. it was sort of cool. It's like even though I was like Vanessa Williams, was, like a big part of my, but that's kind of a nice. I always yeah. think of him because like, yeah. I've, I've seen him, and he's like, I like the show. Yeah. So speaking um, of '90s, yeah. I was reading somewhere that when uh, when y'all were writing the episode, you and Aziz were mm-hmm. playing some '90s R&B. Mm-hmm. What kind of stuff were y'all playing? Wow, we would play some L Cool J. Yeah, um, like doing it and doing it. And See, Lounging's a better song for me. Yeah, Lounging's lit. Um, we were playing like some Boys to Men, some. Uh, I think I pull up, pulled up some SWV, mm. some D'Angelo. I think we. I think I brought the Brown Sugar plays a prominent yeah, role in the episode. Yeah, because I think we were trying to like find. The music videos. That's what we were like. We were listening, watching music videos, and going like, "What would they be watching? What would they yeah. be listening to? Yeah. Um, what were we actually listening to?" And Aziz and I have a very similar like culture. Aziz is like low key black. He's freaking black as hell. What like, is that? How does that? What? I don't know. I don't know if it's because he was in the south or what he leaned more toward. He's also a soulful kind of yeah. dude. But him and his younger brother Anise, they have very like black like yeah. pop culture references. And I can tell it's real because like there's a lot of folks. That try to act like they get the R. Kelly bit he does, yeah. it, but he's actually for real, like yeah. in the culture. No, he knows. He's obsessed. He really is obsessed. With, he'll always be. Every time I say, "You heard the new Kanye," <laughs> I'm like, "I no, I haven't." What's what's up? You know? Yeah, yeah. No, he's so great that yeah. way. Somebody wrote, and I want to read this to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a piece by a queer Latina woman in Bustle. Her name is Ludmila Leva, and she was writing about watching your character Denise on the show, and she said, "Quote." I saw myself on the screen with her in almost every scene. I felt the heavy silences at the table and sensed the forced conversation and visceral discomfort throughout the years. When her mother requested her silence, you know you can't tell your grandmother because she won't be able to handle this. I felt the suffocation of my own silence. I looked into Angela Bassett's dark, grieving eyes and saw my own mother's pain. Like, mm-hmm. how many people have seen themselves and their experience in this episode? I mean, the response has been overwhelming. I mean, people, young people, teenagers have uh, messaged me on on Instagram. A lot of people have hit me up on Twitter. Hmm. I try to respond to as many people as I can. Um, A lot of people hit me up on Facebook and and, in the messages. Um, It's just been really beautiful and really wonderful. And I think it's the fire that I have in my belly remains, but it's thrown all kind of paper and wood and, you know, fluid on it. Like, because it just really makes me, I think what the resounding response this episode is saying, I think to the industry and to me, is that we're ready for more stories mm. like this. Yeah. And we're ready for a series. Because people, I can't count how many people like, can we get a spinoff or whatever? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how realistic that is. But I, what I'm trying to do is really tell my story in the yes. way Aziz told his. Yeah. Um, and, and that those stories can be prestige television. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not just the stuff on those other networks, but like nah, prestige. Because that's, that's not even my brand. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, and... Uh, that's what I'm really pushing and fighting yeah. and still grinding. Yeah. You know, and also trying to make sure, you know, I don't, my voice doesn't get watered down, you know, because there are instances in which like some places are sort of like, oh, mm-hmm. we prefer this person's voice to mm-hmm. yours, but it's, you know, but you're the face of it. You know what I mean? So it's like, but for me, it's about, 
you know, getting to a place where I can be, have a real voice and really be empowered and yeah. tell my voice and tell my story in a way that obviously will connect to people this way. That's what it's telling me. They're like, keep fighting to tell your story and to do it on your terms. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And also, too, it's like, it's interesting because I think of James Baldwin often mm. just in my life. Yeah. And I don't think he, I think, I think his work became a sign of the times mm. you know uh but i think for for him he i think he just wanted to be a great writer he wanted to be a great artist mm. and i think the same still goes for a lot of us yeah but i think we have to be mindful of the world we live in and make sure that we are not only being great but we're also serving a purpose and we're opening doors for those to come after us so we still got firsts, you know, and that's all right. I just look forward to the day when it becomes less odd for people to be doing the things that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah, step slowly but surely, step, step by step. step, by step. step. We're getting there. Well, let's talk about your new stuff. What's coming yeah. up for you? How much can you share about it? I know. Um, I'm going to be in a movie. What movie? <laughs> can you say? Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily have to say because I think if somebody wants to Google, they can figure it out. I'm not going to say it, but I'm, I, oh, okay. I filmed a really cool movie. Okay. That's exciting. And, then, and I don't know if I'll do press for it because my character is a bit of a reveal. Oh, but, um, okay. But, but if I don't do press for it, when the movie comes out and people see it, I think it'll be a really <gasps> lovely surprise. I'm excited for this. I'm very excited. Also shy. Yeah, the shy, the shy, the shy. I don't, we don't have a, we don't know when it'll air, but we're assuming maybe top of next year. Okay. Um, What's and, that show for folks that haven't heard about it before? Oh, it's it's about. I really want to humanize black people. Yeah. In Chicago, yeah. particularly. Yeah. Because I feel like the headlines and stuff has been sort of like sort of painting them in a certain picture, especially in Chicago. Like, yeah. It's one type of black Chicago. That right. You hear about. Exactly. So, and we're we're trying to get it right. You know, we're, we're it's, it's trial and error. We're trying to figure it out. You know, yeah. we all want we all want. To make a good show, yeah. so Commons in there. Well, yeah, well, we'll see, you know. But okay. Commons at EP, you know, he's really trying to do more producing and stuff like that. And so, my him, myself, Rick Famuyiwa, direct the pilot, and Rick Famuyiwa is a phenomenal human being and nice. a wonderful person. Somebody I want to work with again and again and again. So, and Showtime has been fantastic. And so we are, uh, yeah, we're gonna try to have a show for y'all top of next year. We'll I'll see. Be ready we'll for see. It. We'll see what happens. And then National on season three coming at it soon. That is a season sorry question. Okay. Um, but I know if he wants to do one, he gonna have to have I'm you down. down. <laughs> <laughs> he can't not have I you. I know. Down, I know. I'm down. So next know. year is there like a a Christmas episode. <laughs> I know. Who knows? I mean, they well, they always try to outdo themselves yeah. and like and 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 be different in some kind of way, which I love. So, if it's a season three, you know, I'm sure it'll be just as fun and cool and interesting. And yeah. uh, and if not, you know, we I think it's been a wonderful ride and oh God, it's yeah. been you know such yeah. a joy. So I can't complain. And it's just been so nice to see young talented people of color just do their thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny enough. I know uh, Cord Jefferson. Oh, he wrote the New York I Love You episode, yeah. which is also brilliant. He's so dope. He did like a Vice piece too. Yeah, I saw him on that. And like I should say, New York I Love You was another standout episode from Master of None this season. I knew Cord Jefferson years ago back in DC. So uh, dope. In DC, like when he was just still hustling, I'm like, you made it good, and I'm like, you made yeah. it good, and Aziz made it good. Mm-hmm. Like it's so good to see this industry take people of color seriously yeah in a way that i felt like was not happening no in a real way because for a second it was a bit of a fad Uh uh-huh and now we're i like to say in vogue 
Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because now great nineties R and B. Oh, come on. <laughs> Hello. Yes. So we should play more of them. Hell yeah. Um uh, but yeah, take it like yeah. It's like it. you know because with stuff like Get Out and Moonlight, because the truth is we 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 we're in a business of heat seekers and mm-hmm. copycatters. Mm. So those movies that are TV shows that have that heat, like Atlanta, or the white people have that heat. They aren't easy to copy. Yes, but they all go. We want that. We want the next one. So now what they're saying is we want that black layer sophisticated thing. Uh-huh. That's the cool now thing. Now they're Atlanta, give us Houston and right. Topeka uh-huh. and yeah. no, Boston right. and now, New Orleans. You, they may get it wrong, <laughs> yeah. but at least they're trying. And I think they're looking for writers like Jordan, like Donald, yeah. like Issa, like myself, like yeah. Justin. You know what I'm saying? It's like and like Ava. You know, So I think that to me is super exciting that the tide is turning, not just to black people, but mm-hmm. to black folks with something to say. Yes. That are sophisticated and have a vision. Like chewing gum is really interesting. Um, Oh my God, that show is so good. You know what I'm saying? So I think to me, that stuff excites me yeah. more than just like, yeah. oh, black people on TV. Yeah. And it's exciting to know. So one of my colleagues did a story on how a lot of these black TV shows, most of the viewers are white. Mm. A majority of viewers for shows like Blackish That's is non black. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that right. white people can take a story and hold on to it like it's their own, even mm-hmm. if they don't look like them. Right. Like, that is an evolution that I appreciate. Yeah, me too. You know? Me too. I think it's important. I think that's a part of the revolution. Yeah. For a white kid in Brentwood to watch Atlanta. And ID with it. And yeah. And feel like it's a part of him. Yeah. That's that's how thing. we actually, I think, build bridges. Yeah. Because now they're seeing a layered version of a black person versus mm-hmm. what they always assume they mm-hmm. see. Or I don't mind tropes. I don't mind playing with tropes. But my thing is, as long as they feel like three-dimensional human exactly. beings, I don't give a what they do. Yeah. Look at Sopranos. Look Come at on. Batman. Yeah, no one You know was, what I'm saying? Yeah, Look exactly. at Nurse Jackie. Yeah. Those are really flawed characters. If those characters were black, it would have been a whole uproar. Oh, like, Lord. oh, he got a double life. Oh, she on drugs. She got to be on drugs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why he got to be a mobster? It's like, but it's not, that's just the backdrop. Yeah. No one looked at, uh, Breaking Bad and was like, that's making white dudes look awful. Exactly. They just watch the damn show. One of the most celebrated shows of all time. It was just a good show. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I want to get more into, you know, okay. for us to not have to always be so prim and proper and yeah. always do the right thing and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that's a generational thing because I think older black folks were like, can we have some people like the Cosby's? I'm like, we'll see how that turned out. <laughs> no shade. No, no I still, shade. I still no shade. the Cosby show. I mean, oh, me too. I'm always watching because mm-hmm. I want I want the rest of the Cosby family to get their papers. Okay. You know? Right. They, they deserve residuals. I know. Regardless of what Bill's doing. Keisha and I pulling got a baby now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. With some dude apparently who ain't that cool. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah, she should stay with Tigger. It's all right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You got to go eat lunch or brunch know, or whatever. Or something. You, you didn't even you didn't even crack because I didn't want to be that person on here like crackling. <laughs> but trust me, as soon as you kill, yell cut, I'm yeah. just into these Doritos and these thing. fruit snacks. Do your thing. Hey, well, this was the high point of my week. Oh, thank you. I am such a fan, and I pray for your continued success thank and you. world domination. Yes, I received that. Thank you so All much right. for our lovely conversation, for your wonderful energy. This is a great way to start my weekend. So All thank right. you so much. Thank you. Yes. Go get some food. I we will. Good. All right. All right now. Lena Waithe, how great is she? Thank you, Lena. Everyone who's listening, be sure to check out Master of None Season 2. So good. Also, a quick favor to ask, if you are enjoying this show so far, do me a real big solid and review it on iTunes. That helps other people find the show. It helps me get feedback from you guys to make the show better. It's just helpful. And don't forget, you can email us a recording of the best thing that happened to you this week, anytime, any week, at samsanders at npr.org. That could wind up in our Friday wraps. Okay, until then, I'm Sam Sanders. Talk soon. 
Well, oh. we got to get a Doritos Crunch on Mike. Oh, we do? Just give me one. Okay. That was very good. My girlfriend hates the sound of, like, chewing and shit. Well, then how do you live your life? I know, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say to her. <laughs>